0: the batman universe comic podcast hey this is scott snyder
1: hi this is denny o'neill my name is neil
0: Adams.
2: And this is paul dini
0: hi my name is dandy deal
2: this is kevin conroy
1: hey this is francis maniple
0: hi this is jim lee and you're listening to the batman universe comic co- podcast everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast episode number 196. I'm your host Dustin and today I have with me... Uh, this is Ed.
1: And this is Stella.
0: We are bringing the latest comic news and comic book reviews from the weeks of September 18th through October 1st. We have a total of uh, three books to cover as we will include Nightwing this time around uh, because it's part of the Night of the Monster Men story arc that's currently occurring in three separate books over two issues so we have those Uh, we do have a little bit of news so let's just jump straight into news so right after we recorded the last episode they revealed solicitations for the month of december um these uh this is there's a couple special things here but nothing too special uh first off all-star batman is going to be wrapping up its first arc with issue number five which i'm guessing it's only five issues because the page count is slightly higher than the other books, so when they collected in trade, that's why. I, 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 I'm just making stuff up here, but I'm guessing that's the why. But that means that uh, come January, we'll have a new artist on All-Star Batman because John Romita Jr. was only meant to stay on All-Star Batman f- through the first arc. So we can expect some new artists to be announced in the coming weeks. Um, other bit of news that we have, uh, a lot of the story arcs are either wrapping up or just beginning. Um, We have uh, over in Batgirl, the solicitation does read that uh, she's returning to Burnside. Um, We'll have some more news about Batgirl in a minute. It's interesting because it feels like potentially it's supposed to be an epilogue to the current story arc that's happening. considering it has the same artist on, or Raphael Albuquerque is still on the book. Um, Over in Batgirl, Birds of Prey just continues on with the Who is Oracle, which seems like it's just going to keep going either until issue six or... I'm not real sure. But, but
1: I thought they were supposed to reveal it in issue four, right. who Oracle was. Well, that's
0: what the solicitation read. I'm just going off of this solicitation, which is the story arc is still called who is Oracle. So that's what I'm guessing. Okay. Um, I'm guessing it's just going to go through issue six and then wrap up. Um, over, and I guess go ahead. the
1: readers may know. Well, I was just going to say the readers may know by four, but then by six, maybe. Actually confirmed, six, yeah. The other Birds of Prey members aren't, are still in the dark. Yeah. So
0: all right, so then over in Batman, uh we have I Am Suicide will wrap up in issue number 13. Um, that well I mean, eh, not that short when you Four think issues? about it. 13 and we've got uh I mean that's that's basically we're doing Batman 7 and 8 is part of Night of Monster Men, so that's 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, so five issues. Five issues. So, I mean, like, yeah, it's not that off. Uh, I'm sure there will maybe be some sort of epilogue in 14, maybe. Who knows to, you know, cap it off. Uh, Detective Comics also is wrapping up the Victim Syndicate, which is the story arc that deals with, uh, well, it's supposed to be focusing on Spoiler as one of the main components, like the first story arc focused on Kate Kane and Tim Mm. Drake. Spoiler is one of the ones in the second arc that is focused on. Um, Over in Harley Quinn, there's a bunch of, Artists that have never really worked well—they've worked on Harley Quinn, but they are—they've—they they were not announced as the artists attached to Harley Quinn. So it seems like they're filling in for it. Um, they do come across as two one-shot issues where they're not necessarily tying in, but seems like everything's tying in nowadays. But anyway, um, over in Nightwing, Marcus Toe is coming on to or coming back to the title, and he is or as the artist that is, and he is coming on for a new story arc called Bloodhaven uh which has Nightwing going back to Bloodhaven so uh that that's that's a long time coming that's for a sure. long time coming yeah uh Red Hood and Outlaws number 5 nothing really mind-boggling here to discuss we still have Mother Panic Gotham Academy um, all kinds of other stuff as well. So that, that's basically the, just the solicitations. There's nothing really like unique coming out. It seems like either everything is either wrapping up or just starting something new. So there's not a whole lot of news here. Um, the one bit of news that we did get in the last couple of weeks um, was that uh, there is going to be a new artist coming to Back Curl starting in January which is why I was referring to that in the solicitation, despite the fact that she's returning to Burnside in issue number six, which has uh, Raphael Albuquerque as the artist starting in issue number seven. Hope Larson is staying on the book and she's going to be working with uh, Christian Wild Goose, uh, who has previously worked on Gotham Academy as far as TBU books go. Um, So, They're going to be taking over the art duties going forward, starting in January, I'm assuming probably for another six-issue story arc or something similar. Um, But I think the biggest news in relation to the press release that DC sent out about this, uh, the the new artist coming onto the book, is some of the story elements as to where Hope Larson will be going come Issue number, well, I assume it's going to start in five, but starting, or it'll start in issue number six, but beginning issue seven with the new artists, they will be, you know, back in Burnside, back in Gotham City. And there's a couple of interesting things, and I'm sure Stella wants to talk about
1: those. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I guess one of my things is, and I love Burnside, I love Burnside, but the. We were all told I guess that she was going to go on this journey and and learn from different masters potentially and discover herself and so it's a little surprising that it's ending so quickly over you know overseas um, when I don't really even in issue three I can't tell what she has actually learned um, so you know I'm not sure what it's going to be like now it, it's positive that she's back in Burnside because maybe she's going to become more a part of the Batman family, whereas, you know, we were talking about how she's very much on the periphery. She's not interacting with anyone, which was negative. But then we are uh, given another love interest here, which for some reason, Her love life seems to be a focus in this book. And, you know, I like to ship people. And, you know, I ship Barbara Gordon. But, dear goodness, why can't you just, like, let her alone, leave her alone for a little while? Uh, Anyone who listens to BTO knows I have a huge problem with her and Kai and now, all of a sudden, we're potentially bringing in uh, the son of a cobble pot. And even in that solicitation, or the news brief at least, calls him her beau. And so how quickly she goes from one man to the next. And it just doesn't really seem like uh, Barbara Gordon to me.
2: Yes, she's right.
0: That, I mean, the, the biggest thing is that we were talking about this before we started recording. It seems like each writer has their own strange theme related to not, not necessarily I shouldn't say strange but they have their own theme related to what they're doing and it's not necessarily when you look at Gail Simone's run on Batgirl she was Batgirl was very she was dealing with PTSD on a very regular basis she was very mm-hmm. violent and she there was a lot of new villains that were being created in the pages Um when you look at uh, Cameron F- Stewart, Brendan Fletcher, and Babs Tarz run on backroll. Uh, she was setting up shop in Burnside. It's kind of like she was washing away everything that previously happened. Begin, you know, having a new, fresh starting point. You know, put- making her own little area of Gotham her own, um, and that's that's basically what it was. They introduced a lot of new supporting characters. Yes, there was new villains as well. Um, but the idea was that you know this is her own little area. You know, they got away from her being so violent and her being so obsessed with the PTSD. Um, Not that it wasn't, you know, explored in their own way, but it still existed. Now it feels like Hope Larson is doing her own thing where uh, initially she needed to go travel to find herself, which when you think about the statement of she needs to go find herself after everything that just happened with the Burnside run, it just doesn't even make any sense to me why you would need to go find yourself because Burnside in a way, Burnside in a way was her finding herself. Um, But now it just feels like they're getting back to Burnside because they've realized that this traveling across the, the world is, is not really, anybody's cup of tea for that matter. Um, so they're bringing them and it's interesting because if you if you've been reading backroll you and you're keeping track, she's in a new country every single issue
1: which is Yeah, that's certainly one of my problems is, yeah because the first issue she was in Japan and then she went to um, China. And then the third one, she's in Seoul, Korea. Yeah. And I felt like there's no – it reminded me a lot of Nightwing when he was with the circus. And I, I think all of us were really wanting some status quo with him, you know, to stay in one place. And It's, it's just very jarring. And, you know, there are potentials. Like I, I do talk about on my own show, like what, what could – we fix to make it better. And I think there are some like good moments, but it's just that we sort of ignore them and move on. Like I felt like um, that trainer that she had with the MMA, that'd be a great person to train with because she was really pushing her. So why not stay in that city and, you know, be with um, May Howe, I think her name was, but that didn't happen. So there are opportunities. It's just that they are not being used.
2: And for me, the only thing I noticed kind of strange about the solicits as well, besides the Batgirl stuff was do you see? There wasn't a whisper of Tim Drake. I mean, we all read it, and we know he's not dead. He's with the, the witch, uh with Oz. But when are we ever going to get back to that story?
0: Well, that's like, the thing. That, I mean, we kind of talked about that last episode where I thought like, they did we something were
2: some solicits, though. Like,
0: I well, I don't know that. I, I don't think. Well, I think the thing is solicits came out before. No, that's not true. That, that's not. They came out right after that issue. true. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, the thing for me is. I think solicits are getting to the point where they don't want to reveal anything, which which I'm fine with. I mean, trust me when I say solicits for a while during the new 52 were pretty, pretty bad about ruining things ahead of time. Um, So much so that I think at one point we were making fun of some solicitation because they were actually like having words redacted amongst the solicitations so that you didn't know what they were talking about, which, I'm sure – I think it was Suicide Squad that was doing that, but I think it was like one of those things where the editor who was writing up the solicitation was just playing around and having fun and doing that. But it like it's almost like commentary on all of the other editors creating the other solicitations for some of the books. But they're doing a good job at that, and it's it's difficult because when you think about – now compared to you know three months from now when the you know the books that are being solicited are coming out, there's not a lot of time or there's a lot of issues that come out in that short amount of time. There's not a lot of time, but there's a lot of content that happens in just three months. I mean, there's literally six issues that are gonna release between now and what they're soliciting. So it's a big deal when you have, you know, when you're advertising what's going to be coming out in three months, not to ruin something that's happening in one of the six issues before that. So,
1: do you think that there could be an event involved with that, with Tim and and Ozzy, and the potential for what Ed said last episode about um, having another Watchmen team?
0: I don't know if there'll be. I don't know if they'll do the Watchmen thing, but I feel like there is some sort of mini series that will end that's up path, happening. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, because we already know that we have the Suicide Squad versus the Justice League or vice versa, when that happens in December and January, that's the next event that they've already advertised. So I'm sure we won't even see anything related to this until potentially March, April time frame. Just because if you look at Night of Monsters, Night of the Monster Men, which was their first arc, which, yes, it only covered three books, but still happening and it's you know, using a big chunk of characters from the Batman universe right now, Justice League versus Suicide Squad is potentially only going to affect the Justice League title and Suicide Squad for the time being. And then they're saying it'll eventually, you know, have ramifications that spread out to other titles. But who's to say when that's actually going, you know, which which titles that actually happen in other than those two books and the, the creation of the Justice League of America. But that being said, if you look at – um, just the time frame between you know the middle of October to the middle of December—that's only about two months. So if you go from January, two months from there, you're at the end of March. So, you know, maybe something then. Uh, otherwise, maybe uh, you know the big event for the summer next year, because now that uh, they're they're away from the September month craziness—not craziness. Let me just put it: it, it was crap. The the crap <laughs> they were doing in September for so that's many years. That's a much years. better metaphor than.
2: Yeah crazy
0: yeah. yeah i mean it was it was crap all the all the those the, the stupid gimmicks that they were doing for the the special september month if they can keep sales high as they have been the last couple months they won't need to do crazy gimmick stuff you know once one month out of a year to sell a bunch of stuff so, so you didn't can- enjoy the september stuff
1: there were some positive ones. I remember I liked the Killer Croc issue.
0: Yes, there was a couple of Villains Month issues that weren't bad. I thought the New 52 Future's End ones, I didn't really like any of them. I mean, like it's it's cool to potentially see an Elseworld side of your character, but what was the point of reading those if none of them actually matter and they didn't matter, none of them mattered? And honestly, I don't think anybody is sitting back saying, hey, you know what, I told this story back in this issue and I need to reference it to somehow – you know, make people believe that we're actually going to get to that. Nobody cared. It was like, well, you're just writing an Elseworlds, and, which is fine if it's in Elseworlds, but it wasn't. It was supposed to be part of this crazy future's end thing that ended up running its course. And the only thing that actually happened out of that was Terry McGinnis was killed. And then Tim Drake goes to the future to become Batman Beyond, which now of course has been reworked as well. So.
2: Of course, there was in the Batman issue of Futures, and was the one where the first time we saw Duke as Robin in the future.
0: That's true. That is true.
2: You know, which was I never remember. At the Even though time. he didn't become Robin, well, Matt, not yet. He hasn't. Well, I mean, they
0: specifically said he's not going to be Robin. Don't you remember? Yeah, he we say that he's trying something new. Like, yeah, that's true. But anyway, so. That's the gist of what, what's, what we can look forward to in December. There's, there's obviously going to be plenty of issues to talk about and review and things like that. So uh, the last thing we've got to talk about is uh, the sales numbers for the month of August. Uh, the final sales numbers have posted. Just running through some of these, Harley Quinn was at number one with three hundred uh, roughly about 360,000 All-Star Batman was at number two with 290,000. Suicide Squad number one, which uh, was at number three, had 217,000. Suicide Squad Suicide Squad Rebirth number one was at number five with 177,000. Batman number four, 152,000. Batman number five, 142,000. Justice League number two, 127,000. Harley Quinn number two, 116. Now, real quick before I keep going, I want to talk about Harley Quinn real quick. The first issue, which we talked about, had a crazy number of variant covers. They had 360,000. But by issue number two, that number dropped in by, by basically 60% all the way down to 100 and, 116. So I'm Positive, we had this discussion before, you know, do the variants actually encourage the sale of more comics? I think that's definitely the case. 116 is still a – It's definitely a good number. number. Yeah, it's definitely a good number, but not 360K. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's that's real hot. Yeah.
0: All right, so Justice League number 310,000. Nightwing number 2, 93,000. Detective Comics number 938, 88,000. We have Red Hood and the Outlaws number 1, 83,000, which is is actually a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, especially since there was a rebirth issue, so technically it's not really number one, even though it is. We know number ones also sell. Uh Nightwing number three, eighty-one thousand, detective comics number nine thirty-nine, eighty-one thousand, Batgirl Birds of Prey, seventy-five thousand. We have Titans number two, 72,000. Batgirl number two, 62,000. Okay. So then, and then uh, past Batgirl, you've got, you know, you got the Harley Quinn miniseries like Little Black Book and Harley and her gang of Harleys. Um, and there's, you know, some other ones as well. But the, the interesting thing for me, at least, is that out of the majority of the main Bat books, not the miniseries, the other stuff that you know, the other stuff that isn't part of the main books that we cover here, um, Batgirl is the lowest selling of the group, and honestly, I think it's weird that you know only on issue number two, since Batgirl didn't have a rebirth issue, it's only two issues in, it's down to sixty two thousand. While well, pretty much everything is at least twenty k more than that, um,
1: I think part of it is allegiance because if I will admit to enjoying a particular book and then if a writer leaves I will leave with him and so I feel yeah. like the people you know the Burnside team was so beloved that when they left I think that perhaps you oh yeah, know, people who were reading it for them because they loved it so much left with them
0: but the one thing to keep in mind though is that when when the Burnside run ended they were still only at like 25k so I mean like it's still way more than the Burnside run so it's not as if you know, that many people from the Burnside run left and it's actually affecting the numbers because it's actually selling about 40 K more than more? before. Okay. But that, but I mean, you have a point there because I I'm just looking at from the perspective of when you look at all the books, I mean, we've reviewed, we've, you know, we talk about all of these books, even though, you know, even if it's not in depth, like Batman, that and uh, detective comics and all-star Batman, if we're not talking them in depth, we still talk about them and give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down, um, the, th- the the biggest thing is when you look at the books. I think Backroll is the one that clearly has an issue that needs to be fixed. Um, in my opinion, I think Nightwing is also slightly on that borderline. Um,
1: yeah, it was so good in the beginning, and then it took a dive.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing it. Well, and I think part of the the biggest thing for Nightwing right now is that this night of the Monster Men is is really interrupting the storyline to begin with. And it's at a spot where like it really wasn't going it, it wasn't at a a nice stopping point to really like say, yes, this makes perfect sense. But um that being said, I think that those two books are the ones that need a little bit of a shakeup. The other books I think are fine. I mean Detective Comics might not be selling as many copies as Batman, but I think that might be because the numbers of course that is. have something to do with it, because yeah. they went back to the legacy numbers, which obviously has something to do with it. I also feel like Detective Comics because the you know the name Batman isn't the main title. Um, and Batman has sold so well in the past because of Scott Snyder that it doesn't get it's it's a fair shake. Because I haven't heard any bad things coming from a majority of people saying that you know Detective Comics isn't as good as Batman. I I, I actually enjoy Detective Comics more than Batman, but that's because I, I'm all about the team aspect and the Bat family more so than just the singular Bat title. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's me. But I know that I'm not the only person out there who's like that. But that being said, I feel as if those Nightwing and Batgirl are the ones that. You know, when they decide maybe after, you know, 12 issues or well, it wouldn't be 12 issues, but it would be like uh, a year's worth of a year's worth of uh, comics. It would be 24 issues, I guess. Uh, 24 issues for Nightwing, I should say, and 12 issues for for Batgirl. Mm -hmm. I think after those initial year runs for those creators, I think they might have to readjust some things. And and I'm saying this and we're only on like month three of some of these books and month four of, uh, of uh others but i think that those two books are the ones that we're going to see creative shakeups in by the end of year 1.
2: Yeah, i think you're probably right. And it's in i saw that you know Raphael Albuquerque wasn't the problem with Bad Girl. His art was fine, you know.
0: I think the artists that are on the books are only going to be attached for six about issues. six issues or 6 months. Whatever, you know, whatever, however that translates, because I know that some of the artists are going to be like on the main books are carrying over to, you know, after the first six months, but that's not going to be the case for all of them. So I'm not blaming the art on any book right now. I don't really have any major issues with any of the artists right now. I mean, like there's definitely some art that's better than other art, but overall, the art has nothing to do with it. I think it's more the stories that they're trying to tell themselves, which I'm directly looking at the writer's. Well, yes, So those two books that I'm saying when I say the creative changes, I'm saying it's going to be the writers. I agree. Okay. So um, that's all the sales numbers. Uh, like I said, we do have three books to cover, uh, but specifically all of these books that we're covering have to do with the night of the monster men uh, story arc that's currently happening. Uh, this episode We will be covering Nightwing as well, so we're going to do Batman, Nightwing, and Detective Comics, uh, since that was the order that they released, and then next episode, we will also be covering Nightwing because of the exact same reason as the Monster Man story arc wraps up, and then obviously next episode, we'll also have All-Star Batman, but Nightwing is just being covered this time around because it's part of the actual storyline, so Uh, Rather than doing individual reviews of each one of these three books, because it is one large story that is continuing from one to the next to the next, what we're going to do is we're going to give a synopsis of each of the three books, and then we're going to discuss all three books basically at the same time uh, at the end. So we're going to start off with Batman.
1: Batman number seven, Night of the Monster Men, part one. Plot Steve Orlando and Tom King. Script Steve Orlando. Pencils and inks Riley Rosmo and colors Ivan Placencia. Uh, I would like to read a poem to describe the current setting in Gotham. <clears throat> the rain, rain, rain came down, down, down in rushing, rising rivulets till the river crept out of its bed and crept right into piglets. Poor Piglet, he was frightened with quite a rightful fright, and so in desperation a message he did write. He placed it in a bottle and it floated out of sight, and the rain, rain, rain came down, down, down. So Piglet started bailing. He was unaware atop his chair, while bailing he was sailing. And the rain, rain, <laughs> and the rain, rain, rain came down, 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 and the flood rose up, up, upper. Pooh too was caught, and so he thought I must rescue my supper. Ten honey pots he rescued, enough to see him through. But as he sopped up his supper, the river sopped up Pooh, and the water twirled and tossed him in a honey pot canoe. The rain, rain, rain came down, down, down. Tolliver Memorial Morgue in Gotham City. Four corpses begin to ooze blood and transform into monsters. Elsewhere, Batman, Batwoman, and Nightwing discuss how they are going to deal with the hurricane that is raging through Gotham, and Batman seems to want to do more than he is capable because the death of Tim is still weighing heavily on his heart. At the cauldron, a jacked and naked, you can see his wee-wee. Hugo Strange is working out when he gets the call to begin Batman's final night. In Old Gotham, Gordon explains that while Batman's team can help, his officers cannot be seen with them because they are still fugitives. Back with Batman and crew, Clayface, Spoiler, and Orphan have arrived and are given assignments of where to go to help citizens, which neighborhoods are to be evacuated, and where are the safe zones. They are interrupted by a large cocoon, and while they cannot see it, an extremely large bloater from The Last of Us, Ed's not here to... Understand that, is causing a disturbance Godzilla style. Batman goes off despite being outmatched, clearly. His jet is damaged and he ejects and flies with wings crafted by John Henry Irons, a.k.a. Steel. He is not really getting anywhere with the monster, and all the while he learns from Alfred that the thing isn't living, has a thick hide, and is basically childlike in mind and functionality. Batman uses his jetpack as an explosive device and knocks the monster down. At Alexander Olsen State Park, Spoiler is helping GCPD officers evacuate Gotham City citizens into a cave, which is in high elevations, the park is. Back with Batman, he is keeping the monster sedated, And is extracting DNA and sending it to Alfred. The cells seem to be programmable but supercharged by some chemical. Overall, the DNA is human, and this particular monster turns out to be Robert Castro, the man who killed himself in front of Commissioner Gordon in Batman issue number two after confessing to releasing Solomon Grundy and then saying that the Monster Men are coming. Batman relives this history by tapping into his Bat CCTV, which apparently is hooked in through GCPD. Batman knows that this must be Doctor Strange, but the discussion is interrupted by yet another Monster Man.
0: All right, so then moving on to Nightwing number five, which was also written by uh, Steve Orlando uh, alongside Tim Seeley and art by Rohe Antonio. Uh, This one starts off with uh, Duke and Alfred discovering that in in fact that there's that the chemical that is included with uh, the stuff that's making the monsters is actually some sort of venom relating to Bane. Um, That's a little bit of foreshadowing um, since we know that Bane's coming. Uh, Then we we see monsters attacking in the factory district. Uh, Batwoman and Nightwing are teaming up to take down one alongside Batman. While spoiler is still helping those people into the cave, like Stella said, Uh, we see that uh, Batman has some sort of holographic device uh, that is put into all of the street lamps that he's telling all of the people don't be afraid. Stay strong. Stay calm, and you can get through this. Uh, we see that uh, spoiler um, is is helping. She's uh, she's working with the GCPD alongside uh, Harvey Bullock um, to help the people into the caves. Um, but they're convinced that they're they they could potentially run out of space. Um, as uh, Nightwing takes down one of the the monsters, um, he bursts through it. Batman told him to lay off, but he's decided not to and Kate Kane and himself uh, are taking on the monsters. Meanwhile, uh, we find out that uh, Duke is trying to discover where exactly this uh, chemical came from. Of course, they figure out it's from Santa Prisca, and then, of course, they all know where it's coming from. Uh, Meanwhile, Orphan is watching over the people who are in the caves, but uh, there's some problems. They're all covered with this goop, and the goop is, 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 is doing something. They're all getting very upset. Uh, Meanwhile, at the hospital, Nightwing is investigating the bodies to discover that not only the person, like Stella said, um, that was there, but also the uh, Cobra clan member that set off the or shot the RPG in Batman number one that took down that airplane that then introduced Gotham and Gotham girl. Um, That same person also was one of the people who has become a monster man. Um, so it's definitely all related. We, we see that, uh, as it turns out, Hugo Strange was, in fact, the person with the trench coat on the, the balcony. Bum, bum,
1: bum. Yeah,
0: that ruins that, that theory. That, but, hey, the fact that we have Tim Drake being abducted by a, a certain person, I mean, that's, that's enough confirmation that something's occurring. But anyway, uh, meanwhile, Gotham Girl has decided that she can't stay put. She needs to get involved. She speeds towards the fight, and uh, she is refusing to take heed to anybody's warning. All right, so then uh, we jump over to Detective Comics number 941, which was also written by Steve Orlando alongside James the Fourth, and we have art by... Andy MacDonald. Uh, this issue obviously continues the story. All right. In this issue, we have uh, Batwoman. Uh, she's still battling the monsters. Spoiler and Orphan are still trying to keep everybody calm in the caves. Nightwing is following Gotham girl to black a prison under the attack from another mon- which is under attack from another monster and uh, Duke and Alfred are still in the cave. This is a very, very fast paced story where we don't see a lot of movement between the people. Uh, Batman and Batwoman use their bikes to wedge a specific type of maneuver uh, to tie up the monster spoiler and orphan are overwhelmed by people getting more violently upset because of the reddish slime that's all over the cave walls. Uh, Communication between the teams has been cut off due to potentially the red slime. Meanwhile, Stephanie, she tries to uh, buy some time with a net gadget um, that uh, to utilize it on the people. Um, at Black Gate, Nightwing tries to calm down Gotham Girl, but she's she's resisting his attempts, and she rips apart a monster after monster after monster, eventually finding herself face-to-face with a gigantic monster, which she, of course, shreds. She shreds the monster, and, of course, this covers her and Nightwing with the blood, which seems to be just like the red slime in the cave, um, and that is basically... But then they become potentially monster men themselves. So I'm going to hand it over to Stella for two questions before I come back. So let's discuss this story.
1: Okay. So my first question is kind of, it's actually more of a personal question for you guys okay. as in fandom for Batman. What do you think are the stages of grief for Batman? And I asked this because I, I think that, This story, as well as, you know, post-Damian, we see different sides of Batman. And here he seems like he wants to fight anything and everything. And also he's not willing to let one single other person die. So do you think that he has common stages of grief? Or do you think he has Batman-esque stages of grief? And what do you see his stages of grief being after he loses someone close to him?
0: Well I think this is a little different not by much because I think that we're at the stage where slightly in denial um you know he he's he recognizes the fact that something happened to Tim and he specifically tells Dick that he doesn't want him going near the monsters um and we're led to believe that that's because of because of what just recently happened with Tim you know, potentially just a couple days or a week ago or so in in the pages of Detective Comics. Um, so he, you know, he's hesitant about the other members of the Bat family working. Um, there's also points during the story where he is, uh, you know, kind of untrusting of the abilities that Orphan and Spoiler actually have, and Batwoman has to reassure him that you know they they they're, they're trained for stuff like this. Um, so. In some ways, I think he's very hesitant about the fact that he doesn't want anybody else to get injured or Mm. hurt or, you know, killed because of what just happened, which tends to be a very similar reaction that he has in a lot of these stories. Um, You know, obviously, there's it's, it's hard to say the same thing happened with Damien, because when when this thing happened with Damien, A lot of the other books weren't interacting that much with what was going on. So, yes, Damien died, but the only time we ever saw him grieving or, you know, dealing with the death of Damien was in the pages of Evan and Robin, uh, while the other books just kind of, you know, ignored it, other than just having a brief mention for those Requiem issues. But that being said, at the same time, he does come across as he, you know, he has something he needs to accomplish, but I don't think his head's on straight completely by telling dick that he doesn't you know he doesn't want him near the monsters uh i don't think that is that's the smartest move but i think he's just too preoccupied with what just happened with Tim.
2: i think he probably has fairly normal of the five stages but i think that his reaction is a bit different than the rest of ours Um, the rest of our anger doesn't involve you know fighting monsters (laughs) or something like that so yeah i think that he's probably has psychologically similar but i think his dealing with them in real life would be much different than um than than anybody else to to be honest with you and i do think that what you still hear is see here is a i don't know if it's if if it's denial or he what his denial is here to me isn't denying that uh tim is dead i think he's too logical for that i think the denial that we see here is him thinking like like you said, Dustin. He says, "Well, this isn't going to happen to anybody else." And we all know that that's him being in denial, right? Because we know it's going to happen to somebody else. I mean, at this point, ev- the only Robin who hasn't died is Dick Grayson, right? I mean, or I mean, we know Tim's not dead, but I mean, saying in 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 his eyes, damien has been killed. He had to go get him. Jason Todd got killed by the Joker, and now Tim is dead.
0: Um, the, the, one catch is that Dick technically died but Batman was the only one who did know so we didn't see any sort of reaction because Batman knew he wasn't actually dead so
2: true yeah I forgot about the uh, forever Forever evil evil. Dick's dead not dead thing but yeah I mean so I I think the denial that he's facing here isn't the denial of Tim's death but he's going through this denial of I can keep everybody safe and I think that what he's going to have to come to terms with is everyone who's part of the family and takes an active role in vigilante crime fighting has a possibility of dying Mm -hmm. and there's nothing he can and there's nothing he can do about it
1: yeah, very true. Yeah, I um I agree with both of you that I think well, I, I guess the, the one that I really see is that it really very much is if he loses anyone, it's then it's gonna become him against the world. And I think it's uh he just wants to be so preoccupied that perhaps, you know, he doesn't think as much about it. Um I think there's lots of blame on him that like what could he have done to have prevented what has happened. So I think he always blames himself. And uh, then, yeah, I think it's uh, that he doesn't trust, maybe not necessarily their abilities, but just that, um, I don't know, he, he's he's afraid it's going to happen to someone else. Uh, the poor guy has happened. Yeah, I mean, the uh, I, I think the worst I've seen it probably was when Jason died, like post, and, and then it kind of went into um, – well, lonely place of dying and everything. And you saw that he was kind of on the ledge and Tim was trying to save him. Um, and uh, <sighs> I just feel like th- you don't get to see him depressed as often. I-, I could be wrong, but I feel like the most we'll get to see from him is that nice little moment that we saw between him and Stephanie, last time. But now after that, I think he only leaves himself like a moment to be human. And then it's like go, go, go after that. Um, But it would be nice. to. I mean, I'm not looking for like a really down and drab, um, you know, issue. But it'd be interesting to see inside and his feelings more than the go-to action. But I think, you know, in what he's doing, we are seeing his feelings. So I just wondered what you thought. Were the stages of grief for Batman? You know, the one thing I have to
0: say, though, is, you know, I feel as if maybe we're going to see some more of his grief once this monster man story is done and mm-hmm. we get back to T- Tynan's story inside of you know the normal pages of detective comics where it's not dealing with the story event. I think that this is one of those things where it's like he's preoccupied specifically because of what's occurring. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's on purpose right yeah. now sure. um, but I feel like we probably will see more of it once this story wraps up.
1: Would you be bored uh, or uninterested in like an interlude story? That would be, I guess it'd kind of be like the Damien Requiem, but you know, flashing back maybe to special times between Tim and, and Bruce.
0: I wouldn't mind that, but I think we'll never see something like that specifically because we know he's not dead and that's, and DC doesn't treat stuff like that, you know, as if it deserves something like that, unless it's, you know, the intent is that he is dead. So gotcha.
1: Uh, My other question was in regards to the story itself, which that was, but you know, um, did you expect the seeds that were sown for the story to be as deep as they turned out to be from the very beginning, namely that the, the men who were announcing themselves and announcing the coming of the Monster Men actually becoming the Monster Men? Did you foresee this?
0: I have to say, I did not foresee those specific men becoming. I mean, obviously, we all knew that they were tied to it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the one person that is the most interesting person connected to all of them is the fact that the Cobra member who was in Batman number one, who right. took down that plane, yep. confirmation that that was, in fact, Hugo Strange and that he did somehow get have access to the person And, you know, all that happened. That's it's really cool how, you know, the seeds were sown so far back because you don't send you don't tend to see stuff like that. And it shows in some way that they are they're really planning well in advance, which is really smart for them to do. Um, But I mean, this is what makes stories more enjoyable is when you when you see these things, you know, the little the little stuff here and there that just, you know, becomes something more down the line. That's what makes stories, in my opinion, really good.
2: I, I didn't see it. I mean, I, I had an inkling that something might be happening, but I certainly didn't put it, it together to to that extent. Um, I thought the monster would be less literal, I guess, than than what it came to be in the story. So, yeah, I, I do like the way it kind of all fit, and you went, oh, that, that makes sense. Um, but, no, as as far as me being able to uh, have placed this together, no, I was a bit in the dark on this one.
1: Yeah yeah I I too was was, I mean I figured everything would be tied together obviously but and I wasn't sure what part those people were playing you know in their suicide and and even yeah like the Cobra member Uh, but I like like that kind of thing where it's all tied together because I just figured these monster men would be random things that would you know were just coming Um, I think I was also thinking of the story the monster men story um, by Matt Wagner is that right? yep Yeah. Um, But no, I I liked that it was all connected, you know, from from issue two onwards. I think that that's great. And I think, you know, that's good storytelling that details are not just random, but are actually leaving the trail for something bigger.
0: Right. And then the, the last question that I'm going to present is the Monster Men themselves actually jumping off of what Silla just said. The Monster Men have existed before, most famously in the Batman and the Monster Men storyline that matt wagner did um but the monster men and hugo strange existed from the very 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 early days of batman comics in general as hugo strange was one of the very first villains that batman ever dealt with um but this is obviously a different version these are like more like kaiju monsters rather than you know yeah i mean rather than just like you know some deformed people what we see what we we've talked about this numerous times in some of the past episodes about you know by presenting somebody like gotham and gotham girl who have superpowers into the book do you you know are, are you setting yourself up to have things that are outside of what batman normally deals with by having these gigantic monsters and really it doesn't seem like they're being able to be it does not seem like Batman and Nightwing and Batwoman are being able to really control the situation as much as they'd like to. Until, of course, Gotham Girl d- decides to come in and
1: mm-hmm. tear
0: them to shreds. Which, I mean, oopsie. It, it's convenient that she's around, but it's it's like I was saying before. You know, by having superpowered beings, do they present an out for bigger things to occur that normally would not occur in Gotham? So. The, con- the 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 question is, do you believe that the Monster Men should be in this type of story? And if Gotham Girl was not in the picture, do you think that we would actually have some sort of like conclusion to this that that would be you know without some sort of crazy MacGuffin? So
2: I mean, I guess they're fine. I guess the question is, what is the story? Is this story a, a five issue sidestep where we get to play with monsters and see more of what Hugo Strange is working on the in the background? Or is this a story we're going to deal with Hugo Strange? Um, if this is just kind of a a five issue brasmataz, let's beat up some monster store, then I guess they belong here just fine. But but Hugo Strange has always kind of been the um, you know the, the smart one, the psychiatrist, the one who plays mind games. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if this is when I think of Hugo. I don't know if I I mean I know like you said his connection with the monsterman, you know, it's been around. But I don't know if this is what I think of as a Hugo Strange type story. You know, I would think it to be more psychological. Um, there is a couple different types of of continuity where Hugo actually knows that Bruce is Batman. Um, so this isn't what I would think of as a traditional Hugo Strange story. Like I said, he is he is literally one of Batman's oldest villains. So I'm glad to see it here, but um yeah, I'm not sure if I like the Godzilla type. Uh, Type monsters there. The reality is in the Gotham Girl thing and I thought about this at one point in the uh the Nightwing issue, I believe, which was just if it wasn't Gotham Girl and they needed it out, when you have a, a universe as big as DCs, there's so many characters you can grab for the out. You know what I'm saying? If you want that Magic McGuffin out, you could bring in Superman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, insert name, you know what I'm saying? Green Lantern, Ba 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 Aquaman. Um so if, if it wasn't her, they just grab somebody else. Um, although what I I find strange is that Gotham girl is supposed to have such a limited shelf life when she uses her powers, Remember it's supposed to be eating away her life. Mm -hmm. Um, One wonders how long she's going to be able to keep up this almost daily use of her full power set and, you know, not be dead.
1: I think um, it's sort of a question of escalation, which is something that I had wondered about from the very beginning because, you know, Gotham – I think when you think of Batman and Gotham City, that you have a very – if you're a comic fan, you have a very particular idea of what those comics should be like. And so I know that we here don't necessarily like the idea of supernatural elements in Gotham – well, with Batman, I should say, because I think we all liked the um, Gotham by Midnight. Yeah. Um, And then like superhero or super – Powered things Uh, for the most part, Batman can take care of himself. There's mostly street, you know, street level people that he's taking out. There are the occasional, you know, Banes, and then you know, Killer Croc, depending on uh, how you perceive him and things like that. But he can he can do it on his own. But you, I mean, this is an interesting um, question that you asked us, and because if you look at Batman number seven, he couldn't take it down with the jet. Um, he had to use uh, other technology, the wings that he had, the jetpack to explode, and then he was, you know, keeping it sedated and everything. Um, so clearly, it wasn't him by himself; he was using technology. And then you have Detective Comics, uh, was where Claire just rips that thing in half with her bare hands. So it does sort of beg the question of, you know. Is Batman capable of taking down this um, threat? And had you taken her out of the picture, how would that change or the dynamics between the villains and everything? And I think, honestly, from a writer's standpoint, I think because you have a superpowered being um, and you have this team, you're, you want to up the ante and make that um, threat factor more... Um, I guess just more intense. That's not the word I want to use, but just bigger. Uh, you want, I think, as a comic reader, of course, you want your hero at the end of the day to win. But I think you want them to be, in, you know, in a certain amount of danger. That doesn't make th- what they're doing just something that they could shrug off, because then it's not as engaging or interesting. So, you know, to see this, like they're clearly in a bad spot right now. But if it were just regular people. Uh, that were mutated, and you had Claire. That's easy pickings, but because you have Claire, I think you have to step up the monsters. Um, I think that's probably what the the writers thought they had to do. Um, but yeah, with with the Claire thing, um, I almost wish there were a visual to see how it was eating away at her because i guess do they just stay the same age you know throughout but it'd be interesting to see like kind of her life force actually be sucked out and like her get older or something um but you know i don't know if that it kind of begs the question of will she survive this particular this particular story but i think she said that if she uses it like superman wise they last years, like a couple of years, or I remember if they go like full out, like Omega, it's basically like you've got a couple of minutes, which is what happened in the previous one with her brother. Was it years or months? With I Lisa? want to say it was years. OK, but um, I, I, I yeah. can't
0: be for sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying that it was
1: yeah but I think I think you uh you had to you know to answer the question in a short manner I think you had to step it up because you had her there um, but I think it also sort of pulls you out of like the Batman verse in a certain extent like this For me, this isn't like necessarily a Batman story. This isn't what I would see him going up against. Yes, we've got the Batman character and we have his other characters, but it just seems like something strange. It seems like a crossover, right? Between Batman and like, I guess, you know, Godzilla, because I think that's actually an IDW book. I could be wrong, but it just seems like it's a crossover.
0: All right. So that being said, that is these three books. We're going to talk, we're going to give each one a rating. Uh, First off, Batman, I'm going to give a total of
1: three two and a half i will agree with three
0: all right and so over on the website matthew gave it three and a half so that's going to give batman number seven a total of three out of five nightwing i'm going to give uh two and a, half.
1: Two and a half. Three again
0: and over on the website david gave it two so that's going to give nightwing number five a total of two and a half and then Detective Comics, I'm going to give three. Two and a half. across the board for me, I guess.
1: Three again.
0: And over on the website, Ian gave it three and a half. So that's going to give Detective Comics number 841 a total of three out of five. So that is all of our in-depth books. We're going to jump straight over to the website for, for our Greater Gotham. and talk about what happened in the last couple weeks. So first up, on September 21st, we obviously already had Batman and Nightwing. We already discussed Harley Quinn number 4. After meeting comic book writer Frank Thierry, Harley heads off to India to deal with a call center problem. With Bali Quinn in tow, she succeeds and then heads to Russia to take down the call center owners. This was viewed by David. He gave it 4 out of 5. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, Neutral. Uh, No secondary TBU books. Main TC universe books. Uh, Justice League number five, the Extinction Machine storyline concludes with a final confrontation of the Justice League and the Kindred. Only after working together, the League is able to save the world. This was reviewed by Jim he gave it four and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down. Neutral. Neutral. Trinity, number one, with the arrival uh-huh. of a Superman from a different Earth, Batman and Wonder Woman head to Smallville to get to know the Man of Steel and his family better. This was reviewed by Bill. He gave it four out of 5 And we give this one a thumbs up
2: thumbs up and let the lobbying begin
0: for us to cover this on comic cast
1: oh my gosh it was so amazing it was so beautiful i am not surprised because it's francis Manipool, but it was probably the best issue that i read when i was reading this all the bat stuff that i had to do dustin how do you feel
0: I enjoyed it a lot. I thought yeah. it was a very good book. Um, I, I unfortunately we won't be reviewing it, but uh,
1: <laughs> he's putting his foot down. I, I'll just
0: put that put that there down there now. But um, uh, but it is definitely a good book, and you know it's not very often that all three of us give it a thumbs up. So I definitely, really good. I definitely implore you to check it out. The one thing that I'm interested in is how the, like the the first issue. It was great. I love the the moments where they don't even have to deal with the mm-hmm. villain. None of that stuff. That's the best part of it. It's just like, you know, the inter, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the personal elements of right. all of their characters.
2: I tell you what, Manipal's art is just good. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Like the book, the book is fun to read and it looks, I mean, like if there's anyone listening to this that hasn't got this book. You should really go get this book. I mean, it's that good.
0: All right. So then secondary DC Universe books, we have Green Arrow number seven, The New Clock King that was introduced last issue has been revealed to just be a new version of William Tockman, which is closer to his previous appearance in Green Arrow pre-Flashpoint rather than from the Batman universe. In Justice Gods Among Us, year five, number 18, digital chapters 35 and 36, Deathstroke infiltrates the regime armory to acquire a mother box from Batman and Lex to bring in alternate versions of the Justice League to come to help. Although he gets captured, Deathstroke successfully sends a full 3D map of the Mother Box to Bruce and Lex to construct. Uh, Suicide Squad Most Wanted, El Diablo, and Boomerang Number 2. On the Boomerang side of the story, current Suicide Squad members, Harley Quinn and Killer Croc, make an appearance. And then we have uh, Superman Number 7. Superman is shown f- helping fellow Justice League members around the world, which includes Batman taking down Killer Croc. Uh, moving over to on September 28th, Uh, The main TV books included Detective Comics, which we already talked about, Batman Beyond Rebirth, number one. Terry McGinnis is back in the role of Batman Beyond, and with Bruce Wayne no longer assisting him, he deals with Dana Tan being abducted by Terminal, who reveals that he is working for the original Joker. This was reviewed by Matthew. He gave it four out of five, and we give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm interested to see where this is going to go.
1: Thumbs up.
0: Another thumbs up. Across the board, Batgirl number three, after her defeat in the ring, Batgirl gets back up and pursues her mysterious foes to South Korea. This was reviewed by Ian. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs down.
2: Thumbs down, although Albuquerque's art is pretty good. Uh,
1: Neutral. I felt like it was better than two, but there's still some major problems.
0: All right. Secondary TBU books, uh, Harley Quinn and her gang of Harleys. Number six, in the final issue of the miniseries, Harley Quinn and her gang battle Harley Sin. While Quinn triumphs, she plans on getting Sin some psychiatric help. Plan takes a turn when the when the Joker abducts Sin, looking to team up with her. This was viewed by Jerry. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. 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 Uh, main DC Universe books: uh, Teen Titans Rebirth, number one, is the heroes Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven, and Kid Flash are kidnapped by a mysterious figure. The Teen Titans awaken to discover a new threat that has brought them together. The son of Batman, Damian Wayne. This was reviewed by Ryan. He gave it four and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. This thumbs up. It was cool.
1: Thumbs up. I knew it was him.
0: Another thumbs up across the board. See how how good comics are nowadays? They're good. Uh, Titans number three. After fighting their doppelgangers, the Titans battle their futuristic wizard, Kadabra, who admits to taking part in throwing Wally into the Speed Force and erasing the memory of him. This was reviewed by Bill. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral Neutral.
1: Neutral, kind of teetering down.
0: Yeah. Suicide Squad number three is a team attempts to survive against General Zod. A new group of villains called the Annihilation Brigade appears. In the backup, the history of how Katana became is explained. This was reviewed by Corbin. He gave it three out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral.
2: Thumbs up, but I really hate that the, 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 the story is only like 12 pages long in the backup.
1: The backup was probably the best thing. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a neutral.
0: The backups in all of these books or in specifically in Suicide Squad seem to be better just because it feels like it, the story that is written for the backup is designed to only be in that certain page count rather than what we get in the main story, which is feels like it's just like half of a chapter of a story. So
2: I've been reading them together. I've been reading like I, I read issues three, and three yeah. at the same time and it seems okay then because it seems like a full issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: All right, and then secondary DC Universe books. We had uh, Six Pack of the Dog Welder, Hard Traveling Heroes, number two. Batman makes a brief cameo in the Batmobile. And then over in Scooby-Doo, team-up number 18, which obviously is not a DC Universe book but is a DC Comics book. Uh, This month's team-up features Ace the Bat-Hound with Crypto, helping Scooby and the Mystery Inc. gang. So then uh, as far as trade paperbacks and hardcovers have released over the past two weeks, uh, we have Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, director's cut number one. Justice League, Volume 7, Dark Side War, Part 1, Trade Paperback. Justice League, Volume 8, Dark Side War, Part 2, Hardcover. And then we have Batman Beyond, Volume 2, City of Yesterday, Trade Paperback. And Justice League 3001, Volume 2, Things Fall Apart, Trade Paperback. So that is all of the books that have released from the past two weeks. Uh, if, you are more, if you are interested in reading more about each one of these books, head over to the website. All of those books that we mentioned, except for the DCU Cameo books, all of them have full reviews over on the website for you to check out, uh, full synopsis of the issues themselves if you want to you know, get an idea of what's going on. If you want to catch up on some of the back issues, um, check out some of the older reviews and then you can pick up the new comic and be caught up with everything that's been going on. So with that, we're going to jump straight into our bat signal. also known as the listener Q&A section. Uh, We're going to jump over to the website, and the first one we have comes from Chowder.
1: Gotham Girl looks dope with the shaved head. Hopefully she keeps it. Oh, Chowder. But it looks terrible on Kate, and it's really lame that she just wears a wig. You briefly mentioned that Spoiler may be leaving the team in Detective Comics, and I was worried. Worried, ooh. And I was worried about this as well because she's my favorite character on the team now that Tim is gone. I spoke with James Tynan the other day and asked him and he said that he had plans with her throughout the story. Knowing that she will still be in the story whether she stays on the team or not, what direction do you think she will go? James also said that they were trying to decide if the first rebirth annual should be annual number one or annual number 16. Personally, I'm hoping that they will go with the original number and make it number 16.
0: As far as Gotham Girl, I don't think she looks dope. Um, I don't think... (sighs) It's just my personal opinion. I don't think that any woman looks dope or looks good with a shaved head. And I don't... I'm not saying this from the perspective of that all female characters in comics should look good, but... I don't understand why we have two characters in two separate books right now that have that have decided well, I mean, Kate did decide to have her head shaved. Her head was shaved at some other point and now just you know it's just here and we've seen it. Um, but Gotham Girl did in fact decide to shave her head. I don't understand why. I mean, I'm not that's not to say that, you know, people you know, women in general can't have their head shaved. But I don't understand why we have two characters and really, in some ways, the two female leads of each book because Gotham Girl is the only female in Batman right now that's being focused on. So why is it that the two female leads, because Batwoman is, in fact, the lead between her, Steph, and Cass, they both have shaved heads? I don't understand that. I mean, it's confusing to me. I don't like the the look, but, you know, that's not to say that, you know, people can't, you know, like it if they want.
2: Yeah, I, well, I think Gotham Girl's at least haircut was a reaction, a bad reaction psychologically. Uh, Kate seems to be a choice, but I'm not a big fan of the haircut. I mean, it's fine. Um, she does look kind of tough. I think. I'll definitely say that. Um, as far as the numbering of the annuals, I'm surprised Dustin doesn't have a definitive argument on this. It's got to go Oh, no,
0: I will. I was going to bring it up in a second, but okay. go ahead. go ahead.
2: Right. It's got to go back to 16, period. We've gone back to the original numbering of the book. we got to go back to the original numbering of the annuals. I don't think that's even debatable.
1: I don't like the shape. I, I understand why it happened. I think she was trying to be more like um, her brother, of course, um, and just take on. I mean, it's almost as if she has two people in her body right now. Uh, That sounds weird, but like two identities because she was conversing with her brother the entire time. I just think it's very strange. And um, I also just don't want the trope of like, let's make because when Kate Kane originally came out in, um, I guess, in. Both the pun and the normal. When she originally was in uh, Fifty Two, the weekly comic after Infinite Crisis, she was what is called or known as a lipstick lesbian. But all of a sudden, like we've we've changed directions, and she's sort of sort of like um, more butch than is you know than I guess lipstick. Um, and I feel like in general, any. Sort of, I guess, L of the LGBT characters doesn't need to be put in some sort of trope. She can just be a female. She doesn't have to have her shaved head. Um, And even if she wanted to do a crew cut because she is military, I think that'd be fine. But she could have also just had long hair. That was her own hair.
0: I'll be honest here. When I say, like, she can have shorter hair, like, that's not a big deal. I mean, like, if it's more, if it has, if it's supposed to deal with the fact that, you know, she's, she's former military there's plenty of females in the military who do not have shaved heads. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that I think that's like a common uh, stereotype that females in the military have shaved heads, but that's not really the case at all. I was in the military. I didn't actually know any females with shaved heads. That wasn't a very common thing. So if that's the reason behind it, that's, that's a bad stereotype because it's not true. And they have, they do have to have short hair or they have to have their hair. That's tied up very tightly, but There's no, there's nothing, no, I, I, there's nothing stating I've ever seen where they, they must have shaved heads. I'm sure that's probably the case. If you're going for Navy SEALs, like GI Jane was, but that's not the same thing. So, all right. And then the other talking about Steph, let's talk about Steph real quick. Um, I don't think, I'm pretty sure Steph's going to be in the book. Now that Tim's gone, I don't know why Steph would leave. Um, I don't, Not not that, you know, not that I would see her not wanting some time to, you know, grieve for Tim, but, and this is, this is those weird predicament because like we were talking earlier about Batman's grief, but like Steph has absolutely no time to grieve here uh, for, you know, outside of, you know, the crying in the last, uh, or in 840 after Tim died and uh, the hug with Batman, there's no time whatsoever to, to grieve Um, So I'm sure we'll see that, as I said, we'll see that with Batman probably, too, come 843 when when, uh, Tynan comes back onto the book and is writing it by himself. And it's not part of Night of Monsters. I don't think she'll leave the team. I think she's going to be part of the team. Uh, We know that the second story arc, actually, she's supposed to be one of the major characters that they focus on during the second story arc. So I don't think she's going anywhere as far as leaving the team. I'm sure she's not going to be happy about what happened, but at least what happened in the fact that she, you know, hugs Batman, I don't think she's going to be blaming Batman as, you know, that's one of the typical things that happen is you blame whoever's in charge of you, you know, because of something that happened, but I don't see that being the case with her and Batman. So I don't see her leaving the team. I, I think she'll be on the team and she'll just go about it. And it'll just be an interesting thing because I think she'll have to get closer to somebody besides Tim since he's not around I feel like she'll probably, probably gravitate towards Sandra. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I don't think it's very realistic for her to leave the team right now,
1: <gasps> Richard.
2: To be honest with you, no. I, I mean, the other thing is, from a, um, a character-driven thing, where's she going to go? You know, I mean, this is her de facto family now. You know, these are her friends. Um, I don't. I. I think I don't think we'll kill another one or fake kill another one, um, as it would be uh and i don't think that she really i can't see a a way for her to leave this that would make sense at this time so i hope she's going to be around um and i think she will be around
1: i think it'll be a good opportunity to uh really push her character forward because we've only seen her in ensemble books so it'd be good to give her some more development potentially Um, so I'm, I don't think they'd get rid of her. I think that she hopefully is going to grow as a character. I'm hoping that they don't make her do dumb stuff because she's grieving. Um, because I could see her, I, you know, I think that her grieving process is probably different than Batman's. So, all right. And then, uh, for, as for the
0: numbering, I also agree. It definitively needs to be period original numbering. There's, there's no question about it. There's no reason you would go back to, you know, number one annual. Although I, I it's funny because I was actually thinking when, – when I saw the comment and I was reading, I was like, they were only on 16. And then I remembered that for whatever reason, they weren't releasing annuals for Detective Comics as much as they for did for Batman. Yeah. yeah, It's very weird. But There's a ton of Batman annuals, right? Tons of them. I think they were up to like 20-something.
2: Yeah. It is, it is weird that um, the Detective only has 16. That doesn't seem right. But yeah,
0: it didn't seem right. But then I was like – yeah, and then I looked it up and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." But yeah, I, I it definitely needs to go back to the original numbering.
2: It would be it would be it would be just plain silly to to not go, if, especially since the book went back to the original numbering. It would just be silly. I guess the question is, if if you are putting your comics in boxes, do you put all the detectives together and then put the new fifty two like at the back, like the bastard of the bunch, or do you, do you stick it in the middle, in between the the numbers?
0: I can tell you what I would do, which yeah, correct. What I do is I take – I I technically consider Detective Comics from the New 52 a separate series. So it technically Mm. goes in after Detective Comics 1939 to 2011, and then you go 2016 to present, whatever. But that's one series, and then the next series is Detective Comics 2011 to 2016. That's how it is in my box at least.
2: To me it is too. Um, I, I bet there is someone out there that you know what I'm saying drops the new 52 in and then goes back to the original
0: numbering. but well, you know what would be interesting is that uh, see if it was in trade format, you could do it. I was gonna say they don't na- mm-hmm. they don't really number trades the same way so it wouldn't work. but I was thinking like it'd be funny if if DC was to reprint single issues, which I don't know why they would, they would never do that, where they had the old numbering. Just, oh. so they, so just so they would, be, they would be there, but they're not going to do that. I mean, like, yeah. that, that, that's just, there's no money in it for them to do that. The, the, you know, what they could do, they could, which would ruin your the value of the comic if you actually put it on the comic. But if you had your, your your book in your bag and board in your box, they could give you a set of stickers that you could just put the sticker over the number with the old numbering. Where it's not ruining the book, but it's you know it still shows it's so that well, you they could have put it all like, together. Have to be point something. Well, there is some points, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: it would be it it would be tricky. I try to do um, my multiple bookshelves a trade once by chronological. Don't don't try yeah, to do that
0: either. It's very difficult. But anyway, all right. So our next comment comes from Ian. He says,
1: "I'm with you." I love the return to the original numbering and think the annual should follow suit. Hopefully this annual will give each member of the team their own story fleshing out what everyone does in between adventures. I personally really hope that Spoiler stays on the team as I'm really enjoying her relationship with Batman and Cassandra. I hope she learns both skills of teamwork and being a solo hero worthy of respect in Gotham so that she's no longer a third tier hero, but one of the premier heroines of the world. Smiley face. Okay. That might be a bit grandiose.
0: Well, there's there's always hope that Spoiler can just be a respectable hero by herself. I mean, because outside of the Batman universe, she has l- very little connections. So, I'm I'm with you on that. Um and then our final comment comes from Dave.
1: With all the hugging going on, I have to ask the most important question. If you could hug one member of the Bat-family, who would it be?
0: So, I thought about this question probably way longer than I probably should have because I bet
1: you did.
0: Because I sat there and I was like, really what would I how could I answer this? I mean, like do I go the, the 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 really bad way and say okay which which female would I want to be closest to the most, or do I go some other routes so ultimately what I decided is there's like hugging somebody means nothing in the real world other than just to be able to say you did it so I'd actually want to hug Batman himself. Uh,
1: yeah, I knew it. Uh, there
0: you go, buddy. Hug Batman himself, but I would have someone hiding so that they could take a selfie so I could say that I actually hugged Batman. Oh, boy.
2: I'm, again, going to avoid the obvious trope of, of the female. And I think, especially with what's going on in the world now, I'd give Alfred a hug. I'd be like, bro, we love you. Oh, <laughs> like, we're, we're, you know, uh, my boy Schneider. I'm sorry, but I know he's putting through like a lot of stuff right now. You've had a hand, you lost a hand. You're, I mean, you're going through a lot. So bring it in, man. I think it'd be Alfred.
1: Well, I would hug two different people. One of them would be.
0: Would it be a group hug? Oh,
1: that'd be nice, wouldn't it?
0: It'd be Joker, right?
1: No, you hey. terrible person, you. Uh, one of them would be Dick Grayson because, you know, I have a crush on him. So that'd be like a romantic hug. And then the other <laughs> the other hug would, of course, be my gal pal, Barbara Gordon.
0: All right. So that's all of the comments we have for this episode. If you have questions, whether they be related to any of the books that we talked about or whether they be off-the-wall questions like which member of the Bath family would like to hug, we love th- – any kind of questions and comments. So leave those comments on the website under the podcast posts, and we will talk about those on the next episode. So this is the time of the episode where I remind everybody that we're still raising funds for the podcast and the website. Uh, if you have an uh, uh, inclination to donate to us, head over to the website specifically on the computer uh, on the sidebar. There is a spot that says TV server drive. Uh, we are still raising some funds. We are up to about, I think like 78% with some of the manual donations that have come in, um, that didn't work with the sidebar thing that we have on the website. We're almost there. I mean, we're just over a little over 20% till our goal. Once we hit our goal, we have some other things. I will say that, uh, once, uh, once we get there, we do have some new things that are going to be coming up very soon. um, One of the things we talked about is bringing back commentaries, and specifically, if you are a supporter through Patreon, you'll be able to request certain episodes for us to actually review. Um, Also, by the end of October, we should be running a survey on the website, um, which will also be on the sidebar, probably right underneath the the TBU server drives, where we can get some ideas from you guys, the fans, as to what you would like us to focus on on the website as well as uh, a change for that matter. So uh, with that being said, uh, also if you are interested in writing news articles on the website or editorials, not necessarily comic reviews, but reviews related to TV or merchandise or TV or movies and things like that. If you have any interest in reviewing other forms of the Batman universe outside of comics, or you're interested in writing editorials related to just Thoughts about Batman in general? Then get in touch with us at TV uh, at uh I also want to implore you to check out the website for all these reviews from the web that we've been talking about here on the on the podcast. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest news and videos from the Batman universe. And, of course, leave us reviews on iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated. Leave your comments on the website, and we'll talk about those next time. But with that, that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin. Uh,
1: This is Ed. And this is Stella.
0: And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys in two weeks.